Good evening, you creatures of the night. This isn't Matt talking, it's Peter. Surprise. I have a special treat for you, as it is over the river and through the woods to the grandma grandmother's house we go. Brother and sister travel by the train into the land of the driven snow. For five days, two young grandchildren will meet their grandparents for the first time. A time to learn about their elders and the people who raised their mother. The link between the mother they knew and the mother they used, used to be. Secrets linger within the walls of the house. The kids are treated to all the sweets they could want in warm hospitality. The only rule is to be in bed by 9.30. Don't leave your room after 9.30. But the children are curious on what they find is something is anything but inviting. This is It Records. <laughs> yeah, Matt, you wrote it, so... Uh, yeah! Woo! It, su- it sucked! <laughs> <laughs> that was great, Pete. That was such a great opening. <laughs> I wanted, I wanted to, to shock you as yeah, I was like, I want to take the helm at the opening since you you've always done it. We never questioned it before. I wanted to see if uh, that's true. If I could switch it up a that's... bit, and uh, I messed up like five times. <laughs> no, no, you were great, and you know. It was tough for me to give up the reins. Um, I'm still a little uh, heated about it, but you know, um, we need some variety in the show from time to time. So yeah, you, you, did, you did good, Pete. I tried doing my dramatic voice, and then I just went like, to my normal voice for like a sentence. And I was like, oh no, wait, I'm doing a dramatic voice right now. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm also joined by uh, my co-hosts, Matt Johnson and Lindsay Clark. Didn't give the enduring intro as you always do, Matt. But uh, <laughs> I was honest because uh, yeah, I just don't like you guys. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, not one for introduction. Well, at least it's the do. opposite of me. I usually give you a, a warm welcome about your qualities. <clears throat> you just ignore us. It's yeah, you know, you got to give uh, yeah. give a variety for the viewer. Sure, listener. I don't know. They view the listening. I don't know. Yeah. Trust me, you'll never get it right. I still say viewer every time. <laughs> it's a trap in the beginning. Yeah. It's a trap. I was expecting you to, to follow it up with your Admiral Akbar impression, but I guess um, <laughs> you weren't you weren't keen on it. It wasn't. It went right over my head. <laughs> I... Well, anyways. Uh... <laughs> We did the movie The Visit, uh, M. Night Shyamalan, as a controversial choice for some, I would say. Every day it's getting close. Are you holding my camera properly? Swerve, girl. Uh, Stop, both of you! My mom. My parents asked if their grandchildren could visit them for a week. Here we are. This is where our mom grew up. I've wanted to spend time with you for so long. Miss you guys! Mom, we're having a great time. I have not seen your Nana this happy in years. <laughs> Bedtime here is 9.30. It's probably best you two shouldn't come out of your room after that. See you in the morning. 9.30? 9.30. What is that? It's 10.47. We think there's someone outside the door. 
getting inside the oven to clean it. There's a lot of yeah. mixed feelings about him. I would say that's accurate to say, right? About Shyamalan himself? Yeah. yeah, well, it's I'd like his, so. his, like, not like him as a person, but his movies that he creates. He seems, sure, let's not go after his character. Yeah, he seems yeah. like a nice guy. He's just a he's just a guy who directs movies and writes them. Mm-hmm. No, I think that's fair to say that he's people have been fairly critical of him recently. Ever since, like, I would say even the village. Yeah. Like it's been like a wishy washy thing with his when he comes out with movies, where he was like supreme for a while, like with Signs and Sixth Sense, and then. Like, The Village and The Happening came out around the same time, and I feel like people have been really critical of him since. I was still behind him with The Village. I haven't seen it since I was, like, 17, though, so... Sure, and it, I mean, I'm not n- knocking The Village. I'm just saying, I think there's a bell curve, maybe, we're seeing. and That that was the apex, was The Village. <laughs> and, like, after that was kind of, like, everybody started being really critical. And now that bell curve is, like, starting to go its way up, because I thought... I saw this movie in theaters for the first time, back when it came out, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Yeah," and I was like, "You know what? This is a nice Split. turnaround from M Night Shyamalan right Split now." Was good. And then he came out with uh, Split. Well, you gotta see it. I really enjoyed it. We can Split. talk about it. I uh, didn't see it. <laughs> huh. Okay, well, I'm out of ideas. Well, yeah, mm-hmm. I refuse. <laughs> I refuse to watch. <laughs> well, let's just say if you enjoyed this one or you thought this was an upward swing of the bell curve, I think you'll enjoy Split just as much. Yeah, I'm sure. Way. I'm sure I will too. Mm-hmm. That was a really good one. Wow. So, how do you guys want to start off talking about this movie? I've got some thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> I would say it, it like it's a pretty standard structure. Just like this you know, themes of just like kinda of talking about the movie itself. Like there's not like it's found footage 
which is uh, I was kind of surprised by that. You know, he went with that since it was so played out yeah. even at that point. Yeah, that's definitely a first for him. And he, I, th I think he, what what made it nice is that it was. Um, I think the quality of the camera, like, they didn't make it look shitty, they made it look better, which I think, like, made it not as nauseating. Yeah. So, like... For a found footage film? Yeah. Like, different from, like, Paranormal Activity, where it seems like it's a handheld, yeah. video type, Even average if it, amateur. Yeah. Even though there's, like, a handheld for this one, I feel like they just, you did like, you know what, let's just use a nicer camera. Just because. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think a good way to cover that up and made it, I think, somewhat believable is, for those who haven't seen the movie, the plot is that these two kids are going to see their grandparents for the first time, uh, a brother and sister, and the sister, the daughter, is like a... She wants to be a filmmaker. Yeah, yeah. I guess, and, and she wants to document uh, the experience of meeting her parents and sort of why her mother uh, left her grandparents so many years ago. She doesn't really know the reason, so I think that kind of makes up for it. Like just the night, the nice camera, and like it's not as shaky, or it seems like it's an actual film, is because she wants to be a filmmaker and she might know some things. She's like kind of like kinda, staging her shots, so it yeah. like makes sense why. Yeah. Oh, this is why it's almost more professional looking. Mm-hmm. And I kind of bought it. I bought that. Yeah, um, I think it was like they didn't really hit it over the head too much. And it was just like, just kind of like a nice fine line of this like, let's just not make this really shitty. <laughs> mm -hmm. well, speaking, we're um, wait, no, go ahead. Well, I was just saying you you were speaking of the filming of it. How did you guys feel of? I guess the tone of the film is how I'll, I'll phrase it, but it's supposed to be found footage, right? Yeah. So it's like from the point of view of the the siblings who have the <clears throat> camera, but it kind of takes you out of it briefly with like there's these uh title credits that are like thursday friday and it's like in this yeah, blood red yeah. ink yeah i mean how, how yeah how did you feel about the tone because i okay. kept getting and i saw this in the reviews some sort of like a mix between comedy and like thriller and it takes you from the found footage into like an actual movie did it sit well with you or how did you take the movie? it didn't really it didn't bother me because i just like kind of like like the break mm -hmm. even though it was like so quick it kind of just like just made the found footage more tolerable that we weren't you know he was like like we were saying like it was more professional because they had an excuse of like using a nicer camera and then the fact that there was like just like quick second breaks i think it was like kind of like i guess refreshing on the eyes the uh like the title credits yeah, just like it, just like gave the, the break that we needed. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, I also didn't like find it bothersome by any means. I kind of, in a weird way, found it like because it is supposed to be found footage. I found it to be a little bit more like true to life, if that yeah. even makes any sense. But uh, um, yeah, I, and then just like the characters themselves too, you know. Um, I, I was really taken with the thir what was his name Tyler the thirteen year old I thought he was like kind of funny, <laughs> and uh, it's just a his character I felt like 
in certain aspects was a culmination of stereotypes for uh, teenagers these days, and I thought the actor uh, carried that off pretty well. But yeah, anyway, um, back to, uh, yeah, I, I think, you know, um, it was criticized for its tone kind of being all over the place, but I think it was nice a nice blend of different elements like comedy mm -hmm. and horror, thriller, you know. Yeah. No, I agree. And I kind of, I know it's supposed to be found footage, but I kind of like those title cards. At least the way it looked, it was that blood red ink against like, like the snowy background of the grand isolated grandparents' house. It made it feel like a horror movie to me, like that sort of imagery. Um, mm -hmm. But you mentioned Tyler. I believe his name is right. Um, let's talk. Yeah. Let's talk. Let's talk about Tyler. Let's talk about the characters. I guess. Um, you liked Tyler. What did you guys think of the rapping? The rapping of his. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. How could you forget? There's the the whole end credits. How is, could you forget about that? And he lives, but <laughs> he raps through the end credits. <laughs> I don't know. I just like. I watched it like, you know, this was one of the ones that we had a long break between recordings, mm -hmm. and I kind of forgot about that part. <laughs> um. <clears throat> um, I guess I'll take the helm here, even though I forgot about it. <laughs> um, I mean, I would probably say, like, cringeworthy, you know? It's yeah. <laughs> like it's like it's possible. like the best and worst way possible. Where I feel like a lot of horror films just like are really good at doing that. I think like people look fondly back on like movies they saw during like their childhood, and there's like when you rewatch them in your like adult life, you're like, oh, that's that's so cringeworthy. But like you still love it anyways. I feel like that's that kind of moment. And okay. if I yeah. may, what I got, when I was first listening to him, because he, he did it multiple times throughout the film, I was starting to be like, like, what is the relevance of it to the plot? And But it, it's just building on his character. And it reminded me a lot of, of like Randy in Scream. That that type of character where it's just like that lovable goof goofball that, I mean, you kind of root for. It, it's just so, it just shows his, his yeah. character and what it, what his tendencies are, so... I grew to like him because of that. It, it provides yeah. some depth to him. I would say it was a stereotype that's, like, really old. Because, like, mm -hmm. you know, it didn't come out, like, that kind of stereotype of, like, a white kid, like, rapping in movies didn't really come out until, like, the 2000s. Mm -hmm. But, like, to have it in a 2015 movie mm -hmm. seems, like, really, like, like, what are you, what what is it doing here? <laughs> Well, and you well, can see when, like when when the when the craze came out, true. Like, you you could like maybe excuse it, but like you're like, what what's it doing in this movie? Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> and and speaking of well, he rapping, um, did you guys pick up on the people were quoting Shakespeare throughout this movie? This the same Shakespeare. I don't quote? think I caught that. No, no, I didn't okay. catch that. Okay, I caught it in like. I was like, all right, this is going to come back in. This is going to come back into the twist or something. No. And maybe I missed it, but apparently the train conductor, really? the ticket taker, 
uh, was he puts the camera on him, like starts to quote Othello, and then one of the guys looking for the parents comes to the house later and says the exact same line when she yeah. puts the camera on them. And I was like, what is the connection here? Like, is there something with this town? Apparently, I, I couldn't pull anything from it, but uh, I see. maybe I'll, I'll take a second viewing and, and try to piece that together. Wasn't wasn't M. Night Shyamalan's background, though, like, kind of, like... Theater? Yeah. Probably. Isn't that... He's a writer and director, thought... I'm sure he has some background in that. Knows some stuff. Hmm, interesting. I just thought they kept running into wannabe actors. So Tyler's a rap star. Pekka, his mm-hmm. older sister, she's a film prodigy. You know, for someone so young, I was pretty impressed with, like, all the knowledge Oh, she yeah. She did have a lot of knowledge. Yeah. She, she knew... I think she knew exactly the kind of story she wanted to tell, but uh, wasn't counting on uh, yeah. some other events. The Shyamalan twist. Wasn't expecting that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think she was saw that coming. No, that's true. They all, I mean, I think, as you said, she was maybe smarter than what you would perceive or whatever, but even her brother, they seemed very perceptive i feel like of each other especially when they they had the camera on each other and like they were like really the one scene where he starts to question her about like why don't you look in the mirror and everything like yeah it's like a, yeah it's like yeah. a 10 year old kid maybe like was telling your sister that pretty deep i don't think i would have told my sister that at 10 or even like recognized yeah. what that was at 10 like if the, if i saw my sister not looking in the mirror <laughs> oh no no at 10 i would definitely not no. have realized that no. Let's watch Power Rangers. I would have been and... like, yeah, or like, where's my Game yeah. Boy? <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it becomes more and more clear, you know, how much pain they have from, you know, their father leaving. And I think that's, you know, they want to give their mother a little bit of a getaway, but, you know, they wanted to meet her parents because they were looking for that mm-hmm. family tie that they haven't had. So, isn't there like a staple in like horror films that children are more like aware of like supernatural things that are going on? Isn't that kind of like a trope? Yeah, I mean that kind of is. It seems to be usually more and just, often than not. Yeah, they're just associated with supernatural. Either they're perceptive of it or like they're a part of it for some some reason. Yeah, so they like they sense it like she did or. The Omen or The Exorcist, like, they're just susceptible to it. Mm-hmm. Poltergeist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe their innocence. And I, yeah, I was, like, trying to, maybe, like, he was kind of playing off of that, maybe. Mm-hmm. Or just, like, probably even, like, even real-life circumstances, you could, like, children that just, like, have really shitty lives, like, may not completely understand what's going on, but they're just, like, this is not a good one like they they know they're not they're not that dumb Mm -hmm. but is there specific moments in the movie um that you want to point out that we because we're just i feel like we're just kind of talking about a lot of feelings from the movie instead of like the movie in general Mm -hmm. because i think the movie like the movie in general i think was like a pretty solid movie so i already give you know given how i feel about it but it's kind of just like it's kind of like back to his roots i feel like 
where it's just like, here's a story, it's very cultivated in a small way, and it takes you there, and then there's like a twist that I thought worked, and surprised me, I, I didn't expect it, maybe, maybe that's just me, but I wasn't like pissed off about it, because I know that's another like... Um, critique of like and that Shyamalan is like oh the twist was stupid and you know sometimes I'll give you that you know like the happening twist you know that that's a pretty bad one <laughs> I agree I that twist that came across you. me and I didn't see that coming and I thought it was well done I yeah yeah I, I agree and I think it was, because you know it's coming, like you said, it's Shyamalan, but uh, it was really subtle to me. Like, it wasn't like the plants are killing you or in the village. Um, that one seemed like a little bit of a stretch, but this one didn't seem like you wouldn't believe it at all. Um, and it just seemed to work with the story, and I it, I was surprised by it, like a gasp mm -hmm. almost, like, oh shit, because I was trying to figure it out what the what the twist is going to be and it that was that wasn't on the yeah, list of what yeah because like i was thinking like oh it has to be something crazy yeah. and the fact that it was like a little more grounded yeah. even though it's still still unbelievable it was just like yeah it was like you know in a horror film that like that's more believable for right that, in a know? horror film yeah exactly because i mean we don't want to get too technical with the i guess the framework of a movie but uh, it's implausible this movie would happen in real life if these miners are riding on an Amtrak train by themselves. <laughs> it, they have to have someone sign off for them with photo identification when they get off the train. That's just the law. And we know this movie wouldn't exist <laughs> in real life. So, yeah. But it's a horror movie. <laughs> so we believe. Or just a movie, you know? Yeah. A lot of movies a movie, like... Yeah. Ignore, just ignore reality so they can just tell the story. Yeah. But you gotta do it well. You know, that's where the the catch 22 is. You can't just say whatever the fuck you want. Mm -hmm. You got any uh, good uh, trivia for this movie, Matt? Um, I have some. I mean, really what I found interesting is kind of what we've been talking about overarching is like this is sort of a Shyamalan return to form, we think, from what he used to do, what people liked. And I think he made a concerted effort, just based on what I read about it, is he wrote, directed, and produced this, but he produced it all himself, uh, originally, um, from his the money he got from After Earth, which I didn't know he was tagged on that. Um, with, yeah, he, he directed, directed it. it. I knew he did, like, okay. Yeah. So he took the money he got from that so he could have the final cut on this movie he'd have all the the artistic rights because that's what started to happen with like the village and everything is these big companies produce his movies and they had the final decision on how it ended so that could have been a reason for why his movie started to, to teeter so he decided to fully produce this one wanted all the artistic rights and it wasn't until later that blumhouse got in on it um he did that all by himself and then he didn't have his uh this is the first movie he didn't do a cameo in it's the first movie he didn't have his sound guy with him. So I think he made a real concerted effort to, like, get back to his form after many flops. So that was interesting to me. 
I think it's really like after Earth is really what like we really got him. Like even like what was before that? Airbender was, like, was he directed Air Last Airbender? Oh God, yeah, he is. Yeah, he really did mm-hmm. have a lot of yeah. bad ones. In I guess like his last horror film was like what Lady in the Water. No, it was the happening. It was after Lady in the Water, I believe. Yeah, but Lady in the Water, I feel like was really. <laughs> Oh man, you're making some weird fucking movies and they're not good. <laughs> That's Paul Giamatti, right? Is that Paul Giamatti? Right? I, okay, I didn't know that. Yeah, I'm pretty yeah. sure Paul Giamatti okay. is in that movie. That was 2006. The past is the past. Yeah. Well, uh, well, uh, yeah. Yeah. He's looking forward. Yeah, I think he just needs to stick with Blumhouse for a while. Oh. It seems like they're they're do, it's doing him. He's had two like, you know, like smaller budget horror films that have done like at least moderately well. Yeah. You know, I think keep it, keep it going. Well, I think well, Split did I think much better than this one. But for this one, it was five million dollar budget that he yeah used, and he got like a hundred million dollars in the yeah. box office. I'm sure Split yeah. did better than that. Probably had yeah, more budget though because getting... you have a James McAvoy in it. Yeah, yeah, like had a big mm-hmm. star. I'm gonna look. I'm actually gonna look into Split. I almost saw it in theaters, saw... and then I just last minute decided not to. Go on. So the budget. Go on. What? No. <laughs> uh, the budget for Split was oh, nine million. Not that much difference. All right. And it made two hundred and seventy-two million dollars. So pretty mm-hmm. yeah. successful. Yeah. So he's doing good. I read that uh, his original title for the movie was Sundowning, mm-hmm. which uh, is pretty interesting because that's what, not to give too much away, mm-hmm. but that's what they claimed that uh, Nana suffered from. I think they uh, defined it as some sort of dementia, but I thought that would have been interesting if he had stuck with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, should we give the twist away at some point? Because we've done spoilers in other shows, but this is an M. Night Shyamalan movie. Should we just stray, stray as far away from it? I would say, I would, yeah. I would say we hold off on this one since, like, kind of like, uh, a lot of his lure yeah. to M. Night Shyamalan is this, like, to figure out what the twist is, and I don't, I don't want to, like, completely ruin that for people. Fine. We won't ruin the movie for no, that's fine. But I, yeah. I mean, we we talked a lot about the movie, yeah. like so sure. far. Like, yeah, the, I was the just going to go into a little bit more of like Lindsay talked about. Sundowning was the original title that they had working for a while, and that comes into play mm-hmm. in the movie with why they can't leave their rooms after nine thirty is because um, they don't really know, but they go out and their grandma's kind of doing some weird things in the living room, and they um, chalk it up yeah. to sundowning, which is some sort of dementia where when the sun goes down. Um, it messes with her with her brain, um, which is just some sort of illness. Um, that's the reasoning for it, and that's what yeah. they're kind of creeped out by. Won't go any further than that. I mean, it is very terrifying. I think I I wonder if that's like it seems like it's associated with like mm, sure. an old timey illness. Yeah. I don't know. I just mm-hmm. kind of got that vibe yeah. from it. They're like, oh, it's. I don't even know. I was trying to think of like an old disease 
No, I couldn't think of one. <laughs> scurvy. Yeah, I scurvy. Mean, if that was happening like, in the room right next to you, that would be pretty terrifying. Like, yeah. So. With, with no real like mention of it oh, no. before you saw it, like, no warning. Jesus. And it was like whenever she went investigating with like the mm-hmm. camera, I was mm. so scared. <laughs> To, like, when they venture out of the room, and then, like, they think, like, the grandma, like, mm-hmm. sees them. And I was like, oh, yeah, my God, this is like, so scary. Like, what are you bold. doing? <laughs> yeah, and they were, like, aware of what they were doing. Because she called it forced tension. Like, she briefly mentions that at the beginning. Of, like, you, you want them to um, mm-hmm. feel something that's off the camera before she knew all this shit was going to uh-huh. go down. But that's exactly what she does when she leaves her room after 9.30 is create that forced tension of really slowly moving the camera um, around the room and really you wondering what mm-hmm. the hell's off the screen. Um, I, I, I do kind of want to touch on this, but I don't want to ruin this, this, the twist. The, uh, the people mm-hmm. in the lake, the white people that they talk about. Okay. Are we to assume that's uh, that's fabrication? That's not real. After what we learn, or I would say, yeah, you know, yeah, probably not coming from a reliable source. So it's mm-hmm. just like, you know, take it with a grain of salt. Like it does, you know, make you question it. Like maybe they did see something that was like, you know, I feel like it also kind of like implies like. I mean, not even, like, really imply, mm-hmm. like, I feel like they kind of even touched upon it, but a little bit, like, like, aliens, yeah. like, where, like, you know, it kind of seems like the grandfather's, like, kind of, like, into that, you know, I guess, like, the whole mis- mythology behind it, and it kind of makes sense with, like, the movie title, you're like, oh, visit, you know, that could mean aliens. Right. Which wouldn't be out of line for M. Night Shyamalan. Yes and no, I feel like. Because, like, he's done some crazy stuff, but I don't think he's ever done an actual an alien twist. Like, like, alien, like, After Earth is, like... Like, that's not the twist, is that they're aliens. Because, like, that's already established mm-hmm. that there's aliens in that movie. I never saw it, but, like, right away they're established. And Same with Signs. It's not the aliens, it's the twist. But... They're established, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Which, um, I got a, a signs vibe in this movie. Did you guys know what scene I'm talking about? Um, it's towards the end. Um, yeah. Um, go on. When, uh, Tyler, the, the boy, um, he runs and tackles someone and he takes him down. And he's like, wrap up, uh, head down, or whatever, and he tackles him again. It totally reminded me of signs where swing away, swing away. It's like, it's just a different sport. It's just, because that was brought up <laughs> earlier in the movie, for people haven't seen it. The whole thing about, I couldn't make the yeah. tackle. And I think that's why dad left, or whatever. Yeah, but that that was his psycho, that was his psychological oh. thing. Is like, and she's like, no, you really think he left because you didn't make the tackle? So his hang up was like, he didn't make the tackle, dad left. And during the climax, 
climax of the movie, he's like, form up, oh, make the okay. tackle. And I was like, this is Signs. This is the exact same thing from Signs. But, but Swingle... Man, that's quite a com- that's quite a comparison. I did not make that connection, but I could see I could good see catch. it. You know, I didn't know we watched Signs. You know, mm-hmm. that's just a good movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I haven't seen that in like ten years. Yeah, very interesting. Is there um, is there a scene that you guys want to play in particular, or do you just kind of want to s- maybe just like hold off on it since the um, we don't want to go too much into detail with hmm. with the plot well, because of the the twist. I don't. Know, I feel like a lot of the scenes I would show that really jumped out at me were they're they're more visual than audio. Like a lot of the time where they set the they where they set the camera out. Um, yeah, I thought that was really those scenes. Yeah, really there's good, a lot of visual, but I don't think it would be uh, received well on the audio side. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In a, in a podcast sense. Mm. Yeah. That's unfortunately, uh, we're talking about a visual <laughs> medium and an, and an audio medium. <laughs> I was going to say, maybe, I don't know if the interviews that she has with either one of them would serve any purpose or not. Um, I guess we could kind of just like jump into like. I know we, as far as we know, there's no sequels. No, not that I've... I've... And then, but I I wouldn't mind, like, a similar, not like universe, but like a similar type of movie. Like, maybe... Yeah. Um, I don't know, taking, like, not found footage, but like, Maybe just make like a regular movie about, um, mm-hmm. I guess like more stuff with like kids, and like dealing with like a certain like stress from like their past. I think you know if you get some, you know, really good actors, you could really make a good movie out of it. Yeah, I think so too, and I'll be blunt. I'm 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 not really a fan of the found footage films in general so i think i did like the premise and the feel of this but i think if it was not the found footage Mm -hmm. but just like they were filming it and you don't know the cameras there yeah um i might prefer it more and i think you could do a little more you could do a little more with it because you have to have someone holding the camera in this movie yeah and it limits you a little bit i think he probably i think he probably did for cost reasons i think it probably is a lot cheaper oh i'm sure to do a found found footage than Mm -hmm. you know any other type of movie yeah Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I still think it would have done pretty well if it had been um, otherwise. But yeah, you know, I thought again, um, like Matt, I'm not really too into found footage, but uh, this wasn't bad. I liked it. I thought it was uh, something different from this director for sure. Yeah, I was so. Uh, pleasantly surprised, I guess. Like I, I was on the bandwagon of, uh, like a better word, Sham- Shyamalan sucks. <laughs> after like, after uh, those few movies like The Happening and Last Airbender, which he killed the Last Airbender for me because I watched that show growing up. I don't know if you guys did. Well, I mean, 
I love that show, but were we really growing up when it was on, considering our age? Nah. We're, we're, like, the same age, and we were both, like, late high school when that show came out. <laughs> no way. Last Airbender? I was not, like, 18 when that show came out. I wasn't, like, <laughs> 10, but... I was not 18 watching Last Airbender. I mean, I was watching it at 18. Well, I probably still would, but I don't think okay. I was originally I think it came out... Okay, it came out, like, in 2006. I think was the first season. So we're, like... Yeah, so we're 14. That's that's still pretty old for, like, a, like a kid's cartoon. So we were, like, 14. Granted that... If granted that I was up. still watching Spongebob at the time. You know, nah. it's... it's Never mind. <laughs> but it en- it it ended when we were eighteen for sure. Nothing wrong with that. Nonetheless, <laughs> I'm not sure when it ended. Yeah, but the Shyamalan sucks train. Uh, I was on it, and I was on it too. I was on board. <laughs> I was on it, and then this is the first time I saw this movie. Um, I went and saw Split before this. And I liked Split a lot. And I was like, oh, this is his comeback. I thought this this is really good. This came out 15, so two years before mm-hmm. Split. And I don't think it's the caliber of Split, but I do think it's a good movie. I do think it's, it's definitely... It's like training ground for him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I do think it holds up, and I, I enjoyed it. Like, I was waiting for the moment to come. Maybe it was the twist where I was like, oh, here it is again. But it never happened, and I really... I did enjoy the visit a lot. Mm-hmm. Kind of... S- yeah. Honestly, I didn't. I didn't really know what I was doing. I didn't really know what I was doing when I picked this movie. I uh, was kind of at a loss. I didn't really know what to do, and I just one of my friends was like, "I really like that movie," and I was like, "Found it!" And so, uh, here we are. Because I probably, (laughs) but yeah, I really enjoyed it. I didn't know what I did because I feel like I would have fell into the trap, like I was saying that I I would never see another Shyamalan movie again because I was, I was off him. But yeah. I'm glad I did. It's good. Uh, I have no idea. <laughs> I don't think it was like really important. I think it was just like kind of like a sidebar. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> quick, quick sidebar. Are you are you author are you authorized to give uh, give raises? <laughs> Not that I'm aware of. <laughs> yeah. So I think it's safe to say, though, that we all defend the visit. Yeah, I, it sounds like we all kind of uh, mm-hmm. equally defend it. Mm-hmm. Wholeheartedly. And, in, like, I feel like there's not there's not too many faults mm-hmm. against it, even though it's just, like, you know, it's just, like, you know, we weren't crazy about yeah. the found footage, yeah. but he found ways around it, and, like, and, like, the kids being cringeworthy, you know... You could also just chalk it up to like, well, the kids were fine actors, you know, it's just kind of just like kids yeah. being kind mm-hmm. of kids kind of thing. No, I definitely agree with that. And I, I'm not going to knock a movie for like being found footage. I just don't prefer them. Like if it's a good movie, it's a good movie. Um, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, shout out, uh, Catherine Hahn is in this movie. Is that how you pronounce her last name? She's like in Step Brother. She's like this comedian. She's the mom in this movie. Pleasantly surprised to see her in this movie. Oh, yeah. Because I'm a big fan of hers. (laughs) Hmm. 
I thought I did actually yeah. didn't recognize her until like you put the pieces together yeah, for me. She's an anchor man. She's in Parks and Rec. Um, she's in a lot of com- comedy movies. She plays uh, like Is a she publicist for mm-hmm. Paul. What, what's Paul Rudd? Newport. What's his name? Paul Rudd's character. He's running for mayor or whatever against uh, Leslie. She's like his publicist, and then she works for Leslie for a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. This is her first horror movie, I forgot as well about as the that. kids. She was on Crossing Jordan. If you remember that show. <laughs> did, did not did not Crossing watch that Jordan. at all. <laughs> no, I, I didn't either. Me I just either. Know <laughs> Yeah, that one. Now that's a show that was on when we were kids. I'm like pretty sure. Like 16 or 17. I have like no memory of that show at all. (laughs) (laughs) Was this a a small town channel? Was that one of the. (laughs) No, it was like one of the major three channels, I feel like. It wasn't Lifetime, was was it? Like growing up, I feel like I was watching football with my really? dad and it was on like cbs nbc or fox and they show like a promo for it that's how i got into arrested development when i was younger they'd always they don't they'd always promo it on fox when the bears were on fox so Ooh, now there's a show yeah i did not watch arrested development at all live i watched it because of netflix okay <laughs> But we could, I guess we could start wrapping things up before we get into, like, Let's talk what other Netflix, Netflix shows watching? we're watching. What's new in theaters? What are you guys watching on Amazon? What are you what guys are you watching, watching on CISO? Hulu? You know, give me, give me the scoop. Are you, wait, do you guys know what CISO is? Nothing. <laughs> oh, oh, I'm not even... Different I've podcast. I've heard of it. Let's <laughs> I feel like I've always... I feel like I always hear it, I'm like... No? Yeah, I always hear it, I'm like... About CISO? I hear it on other podcasts like commercials. It's <laughs> probably it's just basically uh, yeah, right. It's not a channel, but like it's like a Hulu. It's just for comedy shows. Like Parks and Rec reruns are there. Um, they have some like stand-ups on there. It's just it's just a comedy channel. Oh yeah, I've definitely heard that because like uh, sure. How did this get made? Yeah, I feel like it. would have that or commercial because it's a comedy Harman podcast. Quest is on CISO. Oh. Mm-hmm. I've heard of that. That sounds cool. <laughs> Sling TV. You got your Sling TV. Danny Trejo is the <laughs> spokesperson, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that, just in case anybody can, was wondering about the Crossing Jordan reference, it was on NBC. <laughs> I just, I just, Sling I just cross-referenced TV, huh? it. <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's, oh, oh I just okay. asked and, they, and I said it was Lifetime, really? Wow. Yeah, yeah. Lucy got it for me. Your cat? Yeah, she's great. She's, <laughs> she brought it over in her little paws and handed me a post-it note. That was, yeah. <laughs> that was she nice of scratch, her. the door. <laughs> you wanna, you wanna close? Do the closing notes, Matt? No, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pass the torch to you, Pete. You take the intro. Close it out. Do the close. I mean, I got nothing. I got nothing. You know. Yeah, nothing. I just, I just ended on a whimper. 
I want I want you to take the helmet again. You know, show me how show me how it's done. <laughs> well, you know, this is the end of the episode, and as always, we say keep up with us on Facebook. We're gonna have new episodes out there. Um, get to us on Twitter, or Facebook, or our website. Um, we we can communicate with you there. We want to know what you're thinking, what you want to listen to. Um, check out our new logo. Timestamp this episode. Um, we got a new logo out there. Um, in case you want to see it, um, let us know your thoughts on it. I'd say it's pretty good. I, I might think so. Professionally done. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Lucy did that one. Too. So none of us did it yeah. because uh, we have a very talented cat on staff. <laughs> she's on. She's on the payroll. <laughs> As they say in the in the industry. 